Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. Welcome. <laughs> we always say like, hey, hey, what's up? Uh, How you doing? I was like, I, I need to think of something else. That. You were looking at me so seriously. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Okay. Good. Ready to talk about today and continue our conversation from last week. So quick, quick thing. If you are tuning in and you did not listen to last podcast we did, which is Sorrow is better than laughter? Question mark. <laughs> question, question. You will likely be lost today. So please listen to that yeah. and join us on this side of things. So, yeah. Yeah. We still doing an icebreaker today? We are doing an icebreaker. Dang. Dang. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> okay. What is it? It is what is your earliest memory of the church? <laughs> uh, Good or bad? Yep. Uh, my earliest memory of the church, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Okay, I need to actually go back and ask my mom if this is the truth of this story. Hmm. But what I remember was her kind of getting shunned hmm. for having me. She was 17 when she had me. And so out of wedlock, child, I think it was church pretty focused on holiness. And so my first memory is of a little bit of just like, animosity towards her, maybe even towards me mm. a little bit. And therefore, I'm not, I mean, I'm actually not even sure if that's the real story. You know, some people are like, I was in church for 16 years and I never heard the gospel preached until it's like, really? Like, yeah. maybe they weren't as proficient as others, Maybe, but you like never heard? Yeah. Is that actually true? So I don't know if mine's actually true. Or if that's the enemy trying to it's create your, church hurt early yo, on. Yeah. Sometimes the enemy tries to create that's church true. hurt where there isn't. But that is what I remember. And I do think that that's it's true. one of so your earliest memories. I, I actually grew up really hating the church. Mm. Most people don't know that. But I actually, it's actually why I have such a passion for her now is because of… Look at how God turns sorrow redemption. into joy. I couldn't wear Look black today wow. because we're talking about how it's good. So. I know. I wore the new well kid swag. Which, by show the way, him, show him, show has him, show like him, show a little welly. It's Can y'all see that? So that it's upside down for you, okay? Look at that little welly. It's so cute, y'all. Join really kids, cute. become a volunteer. I'm turn my arm like that. There, there you go. go. <laughs> okay. It's really cute. <laughs> it is cute. It uh, is which, cute. What's your answer? Um, I don't know if this is... The, I thought of like three different things that just like when I think about church in my younger years is just like we went to a Methodist church and it had pews and like the most beautiful stained glass windows hmm. I have ever seen. And so that is like the light coming through the stained glass and like the wooden pews. And that is probably my first memory alongside of like, we would race after church to the choir room. And I remember where my mom's robe used to hang because she would always sing. Mm. And then like, um, if you guys grew up in church, do y'all remember those like felt board, like children's Bible stories where they had like this felt and these little characters and they would like move them to teach <laughs> you the stories? Yeah. So those are my first memories of the church. That's, I did not grow up in church. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you said y'all. There you go. I was like, y'all. Uh, that's hey. Great. But yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So uh, once again, last week, listen to it if you haven't. Um, grief, lament, sorrow, mm-hmm. all of these sorts of things. 
Give us a quick recap um, as to where we were and that will hopefully tee us up for today. Yes. So first thing we kind of talked about was the difference between grief and lament. Although grieving is a part of lament, lament is inherently Christian. Hmm. If you do not know the Lord, you cannot lament because lament is a gift to us that allows us to turn to God. That's step number one, to complain to him about the sin and the brokenness that we see to then ask him for something different and then to trust in his character, his sovereignty, who he says he is to grow in our faith and to process our pain, process the suffering. It's a gift to us to be able to deal with the brokenness around us. Mm -hmm. Grief, as you read in 2 Corinthians 7, Mm -hmm. tells us that godly grief leads to death. But Mm -mm. what did I, what was it? What is it? Godly grief leads to (laughs) death. I need to recap myself. I was like, is it, do I say the men? I was like trying to remember. I put too many things in my brain at once. Worldly need, grief leads Worldly to death. grief. Worldly <laughs> grief leads to death mm-hmm. where godly, godly grief. grief or lament is mm-hmm. the word that we use really truly leads to our life. Yep. And so um, we walked through the first kind of two steps of this process. We talked about um, a really fantastic resource that I think everyone should read because we all deal with hardships outside of the Bible. Bible's always number one, but Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy is the book. It kind of really breaks down biblical lament throughout the scriptures into those four steps of turn, complain, ask, mm-hmm. and trust. And so we talked about turn and ask, uh, complain last mm-hmm. week. So how do we turn away from the world and other things to look to God? It says a lot about our theology and what we believe about the Lord. Then what does it look like to complain? How do we ask those difficult questions? How do we bring our feelings, our struggles to the Lord? And so today we're going to talk about how we make that shift and that turn to receiving the goodness of lament, the episode, lament is good. How do we receive the goodness from our suffering? It's really good. You know, when I think about, uh, I'm going to share a story here in a second, but I think about like, I used a kid analogy at the end of last week, Mm -hmm. my kid. And um, I'm like, what if my kid turned to me complained, and then walked away. Oh, right. That's heartbreaking. That would break my heart and that would break their heart. And so it's really important we don't get stuck in complaint because I do think it'll break God's heart because he loves you. And I think it'll break your heart. If my kid walks away at complaint, uh, like that's it, right? Yeah. And like I would go find them, but if they were then unable to receive me, And I think sometimes that happens. That's a bar. We just complain. Yeah. God does come to find us, but now we have such a hard time receiving him because mm. we've not learned how to mm. ask and then trust from that. So we have to even know what we're asking to be able yes. to then receive what the good that God wants to give us. Um, can I share? It's a little bit long. Can I share some of my own story from this past year even? Yep. Buckle up, everybody. Uh, buckle up. It ain't, it ain't like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the So I asked last week, I, I kind of teed this up a little bit. I said, in my quiet time, mm-hmm. in my devotional time that I was having, uh, I felt like God pulled out of me this question that mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. that I was really wrestling with with the Lord. And I didn't know I was wrestling with it because I'm not good at this type of the lament, complaining, which we talked about yeah. last week. I lament my own sin really, really well. It does not take me long to do that. I actually go through this process rather quickly, I think. I do not lament sin done to me very well at all. And so I was really struggling with that. I was struggling with everything that was happening to me and around me. And and it felt like very little of it because of me. 
it felt like I was receiving all this other problem. And it was all just coming onto me because of my position as a lead pastor, but I wasn't doing a whole lot. I think there was things that we talked about in episode one, things mm-hmm. I had to actually confess and repent of. And, um, and in irony, even to the idea of laments, like I think I did that so well because the, my own sin, it's actually really easy to do. Yeah. But if it was something else, I wonder if we would have had the same, mm-hmm. it would have been harder to even wrestle with because it wouldn't have been my sin and I would have been confused. And so yes. anyway, understanding lament is important in the midst of this. So I say to God, am I like Job? You know, fast forward, uh, I take a sabbatical because it's a really hard season and I'm having great times with the Lord, but I came back from it and I knew that I wasn't fully healed. Hmm. And that was really discouraging. It was frustrating. Mm. It was a little bit disorienting because I was like, man, like, am I going to be able to endure in ministry? Hmm. Should I just suck it up, buttercup, and go on? And, you know, what's going on? Um, so this is about, to date of recording, about two months ago, I guess to date of release, three, three and a half months ago, um, where I'm having a just time with the Lord once again, not thinking about Job. I was in Second Corinthians, actually, and I was reading... And you ever have these moments with the Lord? I only know how to describe it like this. I think I said this in a podcast actually already. It's like the Matrix moment where <laughs> like, uh, if you've never seen the Matrix, you should. It's a great movie. And remember one that of it your was top made five? and top? it's my number one. Number one. one. Yeah. It was made in 1999. And if you can look at everything else made in 99 and then look at that, you're like, dog, what? This, yes. was, this was unbelievable. Okay. Um, so in the Matrix, they're in the Matrix and like they don't know how to fight but you can download a computer program mm-hmm. to teach them how to fight. And so Neo, the main actor, he wakes up and he says, yes, <laughs> I know jujitsu. Ju- and so boom, and they're like, show me. And then they start fighting. He knows jujitsu really well because he has had it downloaded. Sometimes that happens, I feel like, with the Lord, where it's mm. like you just get this like rich theology or you're like talking to someone, you've experienced this. You're discipling somebody and you start talking and you're like, I've never said this before. I've never thought this before. This is really good. And like, you know, it's not coming from you. And so that happened with me where I feel like God reminded me. Hey, remember that question you asked? Which I was kind of like, I feel like you asked it for me, but whatever. Yeah, sure. Am I like Job? God showed me three things from that that I think are really important to this idea of lament. Uh, In the book of Job, to go through this high level, Job suffers immensely. Mm. This dude loses his kids, his houses, his cattle, his livestock, everything. everything. His body starts going through all of this pain. He has boils. He's scratching himself with clay pots. It's so bad. Like, what in the world? Um, His friends are tripping throughout the book of Job. Like, he is suffering Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and so, okay, am I like Job? Uh, all of a sudden, the Lord showed me three things. First of all, what he showed me was, you know, Job only suffered for two months, okay? If you actually do how long he <gasps> suffered. I had no idea. Totally. So it tells you how long the friend sat with him, seven days. Mm, then it gives you mm-hmm. all this dialogue. Okay. It shows you how long was in between. Yeah. Uh, if you average it out, it was about two months, give or take a little bit of time. Now, I'm not downplaying Job's suffering at all. Job suffered more Horrible. than any of us have ever done loss. combined. He lost Every, children, multiple. Multiple children, multiple. right? Not just one, yes. not, just, yes. not just a little cattle here, and then three months later here is like, exactly. boom, gone. Yes. It all gone. So he suffered immensely, but it was only for two months. Only. 
So I feel like God said to me, yes, uh, mm. you were like Job. And when I realized, oh my gosh, Job was immensely blessed beforehand and immensely blessed hmm. afterwards. It was just for a really short season. You know, yes, you are like Job. I was like, man, okay. Now, listen, I would not have been able to see that if I did not both complain to God and ask God. Mm. It goes back to our point last week. If God just randomly was like, hey, you're kind of like Job. Like he suffered for a season. I'd be like, oh, oh. But I don't think it would have hit me as deep because of how deep my complaint felt and how longing my question was. What God allowed me to do throughout sabbatical was ask the question over and over and over again. Hey, like, will you heal me? Mm. Like, will you just like take it, like just absolve, let me receive good. Can I just receive good in this next season? I'm, he's forcing me to ask, to complain, to like, yes. and I don't even realize I'm doing it. But like the word was good, but it wasn't like rich. Mm. His presence was near, but it wasn't like intimate. Consuming. Like it was like yeah. right there on the on the cusp, right? And it felt like he was just out of reach. So I came back like kind of hurt even. Like, God, I took this time away so that I can like receive you. I feel like I didn't, you know. And man, the Lord was teaching me. So yes, Tori, you were like Job, I feel like. Second thing I got was uh, at the end of Job, Job receives all this blessing. He gets all the cattle back. In fact, it doubles, Mm -hmm. gets all of the livestock, gets all of his kids back as well. Not back. He gets new kids. And I've always read the end of Job and been like, what? Like this dude just got all this good, you know, as if like, as if his kids like didn't matter or whatever. And I feel like God asked me a question, which is often what God does in our lament. He responds with questions. God's first response to Job is nothing but questions to him to address his heart posture. Not his circumstances, but his heart posture. So Totally. Yeah. So I feel like God asked me a question. I feel like God said, hey, what did you want me to do? And I was like, oh, dang. (laughs) Spicy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I've never thought about it. What would I, like, do I want Job to suffer forever? Mm. No. I want him to receive good as well. So I feel like God was like, hey, like, I, I gave him good back. Like, what do you want me to do? Then I feel like he asked me a second question. Hey, what was Job feeling? And for the first time I realized I have no idea because it doesn't Hmm. tell you. And I feel like God just gently asked me, could Job not have been lamenting the loss of the first and enjoying the blessing of the second? Hmm. Can't both of those things exist at the same time? Yes. And I feel like he said to me, Tori, it's okay for you to lament the loss of all things that you lost last year. You lost a lot. And to receive the new good that's Mm. coming. And I realized I was unable to receive the new good because I didn't know how to lament the first loss Mm. because I didn't believe those emotions could exist at the same time. What I thought the Lord needed to do was just erase all of it from my mind so I never have to think about it again. So it goes back to your mom example last week. You're actually able to receive good because you're still lamenting the loss. Yes. And I was not able to receive the good of, let's just say one of the things that happens, our staff team turned over a lot. Some of it because it just moves and totally okay things. Some of it because of sin and other things that were happening. And um, I was like lamenting 
the new, because it was new, I didn't know anybody, and not that I didn't know anybody, but it was, it, was it felt like, gosh, it's so different. It's all over the place. And it's like, hey, no, no, no. Like, it's a, what you're doing is lamenting, like some of the good of the past. But also, when you lament, you can actually receive. I started literally receiving, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, God is bringing the right people at the right times and the right spaces. Like, He was organizing in a way I had not seen before. I was able to rejoice at the good because I was lamenting the old. Mm. And so I literally thought, I think, I bet Job lamented the loss of his kids and rejoiced that God gave him new, that he was no longer in a yes. season of suffering. Because yes. what do I want? Job to it be an eternal sufferer. What's happened? Right? 100%. Yeah. 100%, Because right? God catches every tear. Mm-hmm. He didn't erase it either. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, so first two thoughts that were answering my complaint. Mm-hmm. Last one was the most significant for me. So Job, uh, this dude, <laughs> this is crazy. We get to the end of Job and, you know, Job gets his cattle back and his wife and all that stuff. And, you know, to the point of, uh, it just says this at the very end, beginning in chapter 42, verse 10. It says, the Lord restored the fortunes of Job uh, when he had prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And then it goes on, it tells him all the good that he had. In verse 13, he had seven sons, three daughters. You know, he names his daughters here, which is interesting. You don't see the sons, you actually see the daughters named. That's a whole different caveat, but it's a really good caveat. Mm -hmm. Um, And their father gave them inheritance among with their brothers. That's interesting. Job's blessing his daughters. There's a whole, Mm -hmm. there's something to it that we should talk about one day. It's really good. I'll let y'all do that little nuggets if you want yourself. (laughs) And then after this, Job lived 140 years. And he saw his sons and his son's sons, four generations. Job died, an old man and full of days. Okay, so you see, you don't see what Job's feeling. That's what God's asking me. You don't know how he's been suffering, all that stuff. Um, But the book just ends, right? And what we start to do when we talk about Job is we're like, man, like, you know, I think that Job was written to help us understand suffering. And it's because, you know, Job didn't see like the enemy there, or I should say the Satan, the adversary Mm -hmm. in the courtroom. And and we are talking about why Job was suffering and how Job started kind of spiraling in his suffering. At first, he seemed like he was really trusting. And then he kind of started like, complaining. Then it felt he kind of got stuck in complaint, if Mm -hmm. we're honest, thinking about this lament thing. Then he starts saying things that are low-key out of pocket. And it's like, oh, that's because Job was doing this. And and we're talking about Job, and we're talking about Job, and Mm -hmm. we start philosophizing about why Job is suffering. Job, Job, Job. And all of a sudden, you turn into the fourth friend. Ooh. Never seen it, have you? So, Job has three friends. I know, I know. Because you're like, why is that for? Mm -hmm. So, Job has three Mm -hmm. friends. Okay. Job has three friends. Yes. They're all trying to figure out why Job is suffering. Yeah. They're all wrong and they're all trying to figure it out. And then the book ends and you're trying to figure out why Job is suffering. Has it ever occurred to you that you're wrong? Mm. Right? Has it ever occurred to you that Job is wisdom literature? Mm hmm. So we did a series recently at the well uh, on the Song of Songs. And I had the revelation before the series started of like, oh my gosh, I read this as poetry, but it's meant to be read more like proverb because it's in the wisdom literature of the Bible. Job is also in the wisdom literature, but we tend to read Job like we're reading 2 Kings Mm. instead of like we're reading Proverbs. Mm. Okay. When you start reading as a proverb, you have to start asking, is Job actually a book on suffering? Or is it teed up in such a way where it makes you think it's a book on suffering Hmm. so that the spirit almost like, I don't want to say tricks, that sounds bad, but like 
prompts you to start philosophizing about why suffering is existing, hmm. turn you into the fourth friend, and you need Job to pray for you or else you're going to like go to hell. That's kind of how Job turns into a high priest almost. Like yeah. if you don't pray for these cats, then they're not going to even be saved. Like it's kind of a wild thought there Yeah. because is this a book on suffering? Mm. Does God tell you why Job is suffering? No. So then so why do we why did he let that philosophize happen? about mm. it because we turn into the fourth Son, I'm, I'm going to get to lament in a second. Okay, okay, but it's important we tee this up. Uh, what God comes down and says is, hey, Job, where were you? And do you know what we do? We take God's questions and we're like, dang, God was coming at him hard because we think it's a book on suffering. And because we think it's a book on suffering, we turn God's questions into this like, boy, you better man up. Where were you? Who do you think you when, are? Right? Do you know what the deer are doing right now? No. Do you even know the mountain lion exists over there? that's exactly how we say it. Just like that. Like, is that the character of God that you know, by the way? Mm-mm. Is this how you've experienced God throughout the rest of scripture? So like now all of a sudden mm. God's like, boy, and like kind of to this man that has suffered more than anybody yes. in a short season until Christ came. Yeah. That's how God's going to respond to him and his suffering is like, boy, right? And again, what we believe about suffering and how we respond is what we believe about God, which is what this book is telling. Us how we read chapter 38 or like are we mad that like this book is what 42 chapters mm-hmm. God doesn't show up after the courtroom until chapter 38 mm-hmm. there are 38 <laughs> 30 37 mm-hmm. chapters of silence mm-hmm. from him mm-hmm do we see that as, yeah. Oh, as good ooh, as ooh. Job is spiraling to give you what he truly believes. Mm. What's really going on in his heart. Yeah. As God comes through, is God really rebuking this man or is he really kind? When God asked mm. me, hey, what did you want me to do? I did not receive that as a rebuke. It was mm. not like, you dummy. You want me to just make him suffer forever? That's not how I received it. I received it as, oh, oh, my thought about mm. God is off. When he asked me, couldn't Job have been suffering laments and also celebrating in the good at the same time? Like literally, it was not a rebuke. It was, so when God's like, hey, Job, like, do you know what the deer's doing right now? I don't think he's like, you're dumb. You're not omniscient. So mm-hmm. shut up, right? I think he's like, hey, do you, but like, do you really know what I'm doing in the midst of all this suffering, mm-hmm. Job? And Job says, I don't. My hand's over my mouth. I've actually yes. said too much. I don't understand all of this. And God starts to come through Not only does he bless him at the end, he turns his man into a high priest to pray for his friends. He literally begins to bring this redemption about Job. Then he speaks blessing. Hey, Job is right. Job is good. Job is like, he starts affirming Job. He gives honor to Job. He lifts Job back up. Job understands all of these things. It's not that literally, okay, is it a book on suffering? Uh, You can learn suffering principles from it because Mm -hmm. it's a proverb. And in Proverbs, there's wisdom to be gleaned. But it's not a book on suffering. It's actually a book on God's character. Mm-hmm. His sovereignty and the fact that we can trust God. Mm. It's actually the last piece of the lament thing. So when God forced out of me, am I like Job? And then answered me with these three revelations. It's really interesting because in my question, I turned to God. I complained. I don't want to be like Job. And I asked, like, am I going to be in this forever? Mm. And then God responded with, no, seasons come and seasons go. Hey, like, listen, you can lament and receive good. In fact, the more you lament, the more you receive the good. This is good. And let me show you some theology about Job here real quick, Mm -hmm. right? So that you actually can trust me more. 
And literally at the end of it, I thought, oh my gosh, I started trusting the Lord. And on that day, I felt healed. So much so, Mm. let me end this story real quick and then we'll tie into all of this. But so much so that at the end of this, I, this was, it happened on a Thursday. I literally felt healed, Joe. Like I, mm. uh, you, know, you know this. I've been struggling with this feeling for almost three years. Something's off. Yes. Something's wrong. I can't figure out what's going on in my heart and my soul. Like there's this, it felt like a really long time and it was. I think God needed me to get there so that I can receive. Like I trust God more than I ever have before. Um, more hard seasons have come. It's been totally okay. And I feel like Thursday, I, got, I felt it. I was like, I feel healed. And fr- I didn't tell anybody though. Friday came, I still felt it. And I was like, like I just don't want to this true? to be too good to be true. <laughs> I had some cool revelation. Now I'm like, oh, I'm on a high. I didn't uh. want it to feel like that. Camp high, right? Sunday comes, I preach a really hard message, uh, hard because it, w- it was just happened to be a lot in it. And in between the gatherings, I had 11 different conversations that day. Now, normally I have three to four conversations and they can be heavy, yo. Mm-hmm. These 11 conversations, like two of them were like, hey, good sermon. Like that blessed me. I'm like, man, praise God. It's great. Two of them were like, hey, we're moving. We just want to say bye or something. Two of them were really hard. I can't even talk about it because it was just a lot of depth, a lot of struggle. Two of them were like, like scary hard. Mm. One of them was like almost like an excommunication thing that we would have to then start dealing with. Yeah. One of them was about somebody else that was like really tragic. That I had to like store this information. Mm. The amount of conversations that I had was like honestly overwhelming. It was a lot. I stayed until like 2.30 that day just talking to multiple different people. And I went home and I was full of energy. Mm. And it was the first time I had felt that in years. Um, I wasn't, I felt alive. And I told Natalie, I think the Lord healed me. And he healed mm. me through lament. And because I couldn't get to it, he like forced it out of me because he's kind and yes. good to us, yes. right? But asking him, I like Job, him showing me Job, him showing me this is a big book of lament. Yeah, You don't know why suffering comes always. I don't know if you have to. Yeah, In agreed. order to ask, complain, turn, trust God. I don't, need, don't know if you need to know why. I think you need to know who God mm-hmm. is. And what God showed me that day was who he was. I trust him, yo. I trust him more. I don't know why all the things happen that happen. Maybe some of it I'll find out one day. Maybe I won't. But this process, yo, not only did he deliver me from this like three-year valley, it felt like. It it was a lot, yo. So anyway, I've been talking for a long time. But that was so revelatory Mm. to me because I'm so bad at lamenting, it felt like. So bad at just godly grief. You're not bad at lamenting. Thank you. There are different you. sufferings and sins that you struggle to lament about. Let's yes. change our language. Thank I have you. the same Thank you. thing. I received yes. that. I received okay. that. Thank you for real. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because it's harder for me to lament certain areas. It's like, man, the Lord helped me like through that. And I feel healed, Joe. I feel like old Tory mm-hmm. once again, but like new Tory in like a really cool way. Like I can lament the loss of the old, receive the new, mm-hmm. on and on. So it was awesome for me. And I think a huge there's so much to that story that I want to talk about. But I think, I think that we I mean, how do I say this? I think that we believe that we can receive the good without lamenting. Mm. And the longer I have lived, it will be a fraction of what God desires to give mm. if we do not lament. Mm. For the same thing, you are a devoted follower of Christ. Mm. And yet it took you lamenting, complaining, asking about the right things Mm. for God to soften, reorient to truth for you to receive true healing Mm. 
What are we missing out on when we choose not to lament? Yeah. That is a scary question. That's a great question. It's a scary question to ask, but true. And I think, um, I think also we think that we can't hold joy and sorrow at the same time. And I love that you mentioned that you can. And actually that's important because if we don't recognize that we can hold those both, then we're literally gonna be in sorrow Mm. all the time. Mm. There is always something to be sad about because sin is everywhere. Whether it's our own sin, whether it's the sin around us, Mm. whether it's injustice, whether it's traffic, whether it's (laughs) who's getting elected, like Mm. there is so much to be sad about. And I think that's also why people are scared to enter into lament. They don't want to be sad. Yeah, Nobody wants to be sad, but you can't get through sadness without lamenting. Mm. You truly can't, right? You just live in acceptance until something else comes up Mm. and then you're sad again. And then something else comes up and you're sad again and you sit in it and Mm. you wallow and you're stuck Mm. and you don't receive the true hope of heaven. You don't get to live in the the heaven that's here with us now Mm. if we don't lament. And so I think, I don't know. Yeah, I just Mm -hmm. wanna encourage us, like even that story of just like, You have to hold the sorrow, be willing to ask the questions and be expectant to see the joy and know that they go hand in hand. Mm. And that's the way God has designed it in the brokenness and the gift that we can have. Mm. I think to your point about complaining and right, and the next step we're talking about today is really that that ask and that trust piece, which I think, again, we we talked about this last episode, but we all struggle with different parts Mm -hmm. of this process, Mm -hmm. the trust uh, the turn, is it hard for you to turn to the Lord at first? Or is is it hard to complain? Is it hard to ask? I noticed for myself and even just doing the notes, I have less notes about asking mm. than I do about anything else. What well, does that good. say about? Mm-hmm. And I think I was really struck by your story and very simply God's question to you of, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. I'm terrified to answer that question of the Lord mm. a lot in my lament. I think that's something that I'm realizing and processing as we're talking about this. Something that I want to grow in is like to just ask myself that question. I think that God asks us that question of it. Like he wants to give us good things. There's a scripture about like who asks for bread and he gives them a stone right. or a snake or whichever mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of it is. Like God wants to give us mm what we ask for. And so like, we we do need to use our complaints to understand what we're missing. Like what is lacking? What do we need mm. from him? And that shows so much of like, it takes the what, it takes the why, it takes the how, it takes this confusion and turns them to a person. Mm. It shifts everything wow. from a how, a why, a what mm. to a who. Mm. For real. To a who. And if you think about it, yo, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't enter into lament, partly my theology, but partly because I'm afraid to get stuck in one of these. Mm. And that's where it's important to see both the progression, but also to recognize like, actually, can you get stuck if you're actually doing this? Now, if you're doing these out of order, I think you can Mm -hmm. get stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're intentionally staying, like, no, I don't, I'm not going to ask the Lord of anything. I just want to complain. Okay, totally. You can get stuck, right? But it's like, does God not answer our prayer request? Mm. Uh, hello, he just turned Job into like a high priest. Yeah. And he's like, hey, if you pray for your friends, I'll listen to you and I'll respond. Why Job do you never think asked God, for that too. Right? He Why do you think God is showing more. that in this wisdom literature? Mm. It's, hey, it, as you ask, like I will respond to these things. 
I know you didn't want this to happen to you. Yeah. I know you don't know why this is happening to you. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you right now because same way I reason I don't tell my daughters mm-hmm. why. Certain, it's like, I don't know if y'all can understand. Or I can't tell my two-month-old why she's getting shots because she literally doesn't even understand me. Yes. I'm trying to save her life, but she doesn't see it. So it's like sometimes God doesn't answer. Yeah. But if you ask the right thing, it's actually impossible to get stuck. And I'm afraid that I'm going to get stuck at times. And so I think like really simply for the ask piece, it's like, you know, like, like just ask God, like yeah. just ask him. Because even if your questions are wrong, at least it's revealing to you where your heart is. It's an opportunity to spiritually reorient mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. My questions are often based on my root idol, by the way, of mm. comfort. Mm. You know, there's four root idols. We should talk about that one day. It's good. Yeah. But my approval and comfort are my two that I struggle with hmm. more than power or control, which are the other two. Control numero uno. <laughs> comfort number two. And, uh-huh. yep. and it's like my questions often come because I actually just want more of my idol. Mm. God, just give me comfort. Mm. I don't want to deal with this. I actually don't even really want to know you. I just want comfort. So I would rather laugh than know you. I would rather… And isn't that what we say? No. No. If I don't lament, I can never get there. But because we're even talking about it, it's like, no, that's what I'm doing, you know? That's shameful to say even. But it's like, well, but that's where my heart is. But God can take a broken heart and redeem it. Yeah. But I don't even know what he's redeeming if I don't know how to do this. So if I'm like, God, I just want to not feel sad. Why? Because I just want comfort. If that's the Mm -hmm. end result… That's okay to even ask that to allow him to go, hey, but like, look at this or so that I can therefore trust. And so I think the asking is this raw vulnerability before the Lord, trusting Mm -hmm. that God actually loves his children. Yeah, Like, do you believe that God loves you? He does. So the asking piece, I don't even think the lack of notes, it could be because of where you're at. But I think it also could be like, this piece is very simply like, what What do you want mm-hmm. of the Lord? To go back to Psalm mm-hmm. 13, which was, go yeah. you go. Uh, and I think too, like the sometimes the hard thing about asking is kind of like you're saying, it reveals our own sin. Because just like you're saying, like I want comfort more mm-hmm. than you. Gives us an opportunity to have to do confession and repentance. Like the second Corinthians verse, it, it leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes, sometimes the uncomfortableness of lament is not only the sorrow, but this recognition of our lack of theology, mm. of where we have sinned in light of this and an opportunity to repent, which is a gift, but mm. it's hard to get, it's hard to go through the process often to get through that point. But that's why I think sometimes the ask is difficult because it pulls out the lie that I believe that I don't have value and I don't deserve mm. forgiveness or the good that I've offered and I should suffer. Mm. So a lot of times that's I good. think that I skip mm. the ask. Mm. Mm. I complain about other things of like, I know that this is wrong and then I know you're good. Mm. And so I'm willing myself to trust rather than receiving the confession and the opportunity to even repent of my own. I just, I I think I skip it a lot. So, Mm. and I think that's a danger. Yeah, It's a danger because then what am I really trusting in? If I haven't given him an opportunity to teach me something, to actually answer what I've asked for. And that's not true all the time, but I think Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of different ways that I lament. And that's often a piece that I, you know, how could, how could you let this happen? Oh, but Lord, I, I have seen you. Like one of my favorite <laughs> Psalms is Psalm 63, for I've seen you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Mm. 
My lips will praise you for your love is better than life. Like I skip to that. And I'm like, I have seen you. Mm -hmm. And I go to my mom and I'm like, I have. Mm -hmm. And I rest on old promises a lot and don't always ask for new things. Yikes. Okay. (laughs) That's really good. I I live in the past. I can see you start smiling because you knew that was good. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, that's true. But we do. It is true. We do. Or we just read one story. We don't allow the gospel. Good news. Mm -hmm. We talk about that in covenant community class all the time. If it's news, that it's means new. it's new. Like yes. today, it's good today for where you are right now. Yes. It's not an archive. Yes. God wants to bring out new even today. So that's really good. Yes. Remembrance is to encourage you forward. Yeah. Not to with not to sustain you. Yeah. In or the hold end. you back or make you look behind you. Yes. No, we put our How hands to the plow press and look forward. Ahead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So David in this psalm, he just says, Hey, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I just I want to be happy. <laughs> I want to see good. Yeah. That's what he's yes. saying. Yes. Uh, unless my enemies say I prevailed over him. And then I don't want my I don't want my foes to rejoice. I don't want these enemies of yours and mine to win. That's all David's asking here. Deliverance. So his ask is really simple. Like, I want to see good, deliver me. You know? And then he turns and trust, which we'll talk about here in just one second. But I think like that ask is really important. I want to go back to what we said last episode too. This one is pretty the the trust, I'm sorry, the turn to God is really short. The other ones are in unison. They're each like three, or two, I'm sorry, they're each two verses long. So in Psalm 13. Complain yes. in Psalm 13, sorry. The complain is two verses long, the ask is two, and the trust is two. I just read a psalm literally this morning, like no exaggeration. I didn't, it wasn't in preparation for this. I was just reading the psalm. Psalm 89. Um, the title is, the title that they put over here is I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord. And I thought it was this like worshipful song. I, I'm not familiar with Psalm 89. It's Mm -hmm, not a common mm -hmm. psalm. So I literally didn't know what it was. And the trust, I'm sorry, I keep saying it. The turn piece Mm -hmm. is literally 20, gosh, how long is this? It's like, oh, wow. uh, It's 37 verses long. He's like, God is so good. He's so awesome. Look at how beautiful God is. He. He has steadfast love, his faithfulness. He's full of justice and righteousness. And and then finally in verse 38, he's like, but now you have cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You hate us. We are, God, we are struggling, yo. And you don't care. It's like, whoa, you just spent 37 verses doting on this king of yours. Mm -hmm. So then he starts complaining. You cut off the days. Verse 46, how long, O Lord? There goes Mm -hmm. your ask. Hey, remember that my time is short. Mm -hmm. Like what man can live and never see death? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Hmm. (laughs) A little Selah after that. Like, hey, think about that. But he's asking. Okay, but verse 49, Lord... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Still asking, where is your steadfast love? Remember, but then verse 52, hey, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And that's actually the end of book three of the Psalms, the Psalter. And so it's interesting because it's like, okay, here the the turn is long, right? Yes. And then the complaint is medium size, the ask a little bit shorter. And the trust is literally like four words long, right? Other times, like we just read, it's kind of unison. So I think that even different seasons call for different things. Mm. Sometimes there are lament psalms that are like three verses long. Like it's just like, God, where are you at? I'm struggling, but you're good. Amen. So it's like, hey, that that might be all you need when you're stuck in traffic and that's the lament that's happening, right? Other times it is 52 verses long yeah. and it's filled with a lot of trust. Maybe because, you know, who is this author here? 
uh, Ethan didn't understand. Mm-hmm. He was like, I, I'm struggling. I'm scared. So I'm going to talk about trust for a long time because my heart is off. Yeah. My heart is or whatever, right? I keep saying the word trust. I meant to say the word turn. That's the first piece. So anyway, I think understanding that it's okay if your asks are really long. Yes. It's okay if your complaints are really long in that season. Yeah. There are songs where it's like, God, 50 verses of complaints, one verse of trust, yeah. right? Job, 30 yeah. something chapters yeah. of turning and complaining. Um, lamentations Lament- is actually yes. like, turn real quick. A lot of complaint, uh-huh. a little bit of ask. Trust is then inserted in the middle. And, and then, then it moves they go back. back into complaint. Yes. And ask. Yes. And it doesn't end with trust there. So I do think that once again, there, this is not like I do a this formula. And I this do is this not a formula. Exactly. It's not a formula. Although these parts exist, there is a, a kind of a, a back and forth. There can be a complaint of one thing and a and an ask, and then another complaint and an ask, and another complaint and an ask. Before we make and and you're using this word of turn, I think a helpful like capture for people is that that's where this whole you feel this like shift, mm. this weight change in what you're reading, where it's like but yes, or I know mm-hmm. deep uh, dark clouds, deep mercy talks about it of like rehearsing truth mm. of this like we're not there yet, but this is what I this is what I know, even if I'm not feeling it, even if I'm not walking in it. And so he talks about trust in this like turning point as he says, trust is believing what you know to be true, even though the facts of suffering call the belief into question. Hmm. Lament keeps us turning toward trust by giving us language to step into the wilderness between our painful reality and our hopeful longings. Hmm. I think many of us often don't turn to trust because we don't feel that that's true in the moment. Mm, mm. Right? Like wow, I love that's really good, um Lamentations 3. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're going to read the book of Lamentations, I highly encourage chapter 3. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's one that we um sometimes even use to like call to worship or to <laughs> to do these screens and mm-hmm. the you will find the the like but the turn towards the trust moment very familiar. It says in verse uh, chapter 3 verse 21, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. This is the familiar part. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I will hope in him. We paint that over these beautiful pictures of like a meadow in this little cottage. By the river. <laughs> Maybe not you because you hate outside, but right? We <laughs> totally, like, oh, totally. it's so good. But if you read Lamentations up until that point, it's painted There's over women the city destruction. eating their children in the streets because they're starving. Is they, it really? They talk about, yes, like their <laughs> wow, children geez, dying, like babes crying out for oh, mother without right. milk. That's right. yep, 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 yep. There's like they destruction. Yeah. They like, I mean, it's literally, this is painted over utter destruction and hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And you, they don't even know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They ain't got Jesus in there. And this is still said. And so there is an importance of understanding that our feelings may not match, but we still know truth mm. and being able to rehearse what we know to be true and telling ourselves the promises of God gives us that place to hope. Mm. I call to mind. We need to, the turning part of this is not just this like, trust him and it'll be great. Mm. We have done a disservice. The church is in a disservice to its people by just jumping to that and say, well, you just got to trust him because he's yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. We have yes, to yes, understand yes. that like any other relationship. How do I trust my spouse? 
by seeing it, by living in it, by bringing difficult things, by Mm -hmm. seeing how they answer, by participating and understanding that I can rely on this person. The same is true for the Lord. Mm, Yeah, We need to give him an opportunity to do that. We need to turn, we need to trust him. We need to read the scriptures to tell us the stories of who he is. But this I call to mind, like Mm. I've seen this in you, God, I've read about it. Let me rehearse this truth. Let Mm -hmm. me call upon you to expectantly help my trust. It's not an admission of like, I believe this. Do you think in this moment they believed that fully? No, no. There's no way they could have. There's no way. So this is us calling and rehearsing promises in the hope that we do want to trust and want to grow in faith and understanding of our God. I almost see it as like an extenuation of asking, but it really, Mm. I think a lot of times Mm. we have trouble with this part because we don't know God's character, Mm. right? Like when you read these lament Psalms, they are 100% okay telling and speaking over and over and over again that you did this, Lord. Yep, yep. But they say, you did this, Lord. Mm -hmm. It's not the boy, it's the- You did this, Lord, Mm -hmm. in your sovereignty and your goodness. There's nothing can happen that's outside of you. Especially in the men, it's like he he destroyed, he crushed, he Mm -hmm. broke, he swallowed, he laid in ruined mines, he has multiplied mourning and lamentation, he laid waste, he laid in ruins, he has spurned, he has scorned, he has disowned. Mm -hmm. There is a comfortability with the sovereignty of God and his character that I think sometimes we struggle with that trust peace and starting to grow in our faith because we just don't know the character of God. Yeah, We don't know his promises. And mm. so what do we have to hope in? What do we have to, but this I call to mind, what can you call to mind? Mm. What can you call to mind That's that you know so about Christ, good. that you know about our good Lord mm. when that juxtaposition comes with God's goodness and the brokenness that we see. That's so, so good. Yeah. Let me ask this as we kind of turn to wrap it up. Like, as you go into the Gospels, as you go into sort of the, you keep you kept saying this, like, and they didn't even have Jesus, which is true. They didn't even see the fullness yes. of. They had actually, in some ways, not seen God fully lament. Mm-hmm. They saw him partially lament. Oh, Do you so see it in good. Genesis 6, 7, 8? You, you see it in different portions of Genesis 11, et cetera but they hadn't seen the full lamentation of God. And so like, as we turn to trust, I think that there's all of these overlays. I know we even, you had some teed up, like the Beatitudes talk about this, mm-hmm. like obviously the person of Christ, we see this. So as we sort of like, what do we have to call to mind? How, how do we do that? Give us some, and maybe even let's move into some application here mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. from this piece. What, what would you say? Yeah, how, how do you do this? How do, yeah, how do you turn this to trust? I call to mind. I would love to read a little bit before we really dive into like personally how we do this and things like that, this just, I think this has just really captured some of the goodness of of the turning. But in Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, he says this, um, God ordained or reigned over Jesus's crucifixion. Hmm. The cruel death of the son of God at the hands of wicked men was part of God's plan. And here's the thing. If God can take the most unjust moment in history and turn it into redemption, then surely we can say you reign. Even when we can't imagine how God might use hard circumstances in our life, we can still believe in its control. Mm. And so I think that is just such a good example of like literally the worst thing that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. God still used for good. Mm -hmm. In fact, the most good came out of the worst. So what do we have to call to mind? 
I think first and foremost, the good news of the gospel. Mm. But I think it's important for us to know God's promises. Mm -hmm. What does he promise us? Mm -hmm. Does he promise us that we're going to have a good life? Job would tell us no, (laughs) even if it's not about suffering. Right, right, right. right. I mean, no, that's not what he promises us. Does he promise us happiness? No, that's Mm. not. So I think we need to like, knowing scripture and knowing what God does promise us is a great step in growing in lament Mm. because that's what we call to mind Mm -hmm. after we've turned, after we've complained. And when we make that ask, can you ask something you know that God will give to you? Hmm. Can it be forgiveness? Can it be a changed heart? Can it be an understanding of his word of wisdom? Those are all good things he wants to give. Obviously I have more, but I'll let you try. No, I think that's good. And I think that, this is where even the personal corporate idea of lament comes mm-hmm. in, where it's like, hey, like we're talking about a lot of this personally, how we do it with the Lord, but actually our community can really help us with this as well. Mm-hmm. And so like you, even the simple challenge you gave me halfway through this today of like, hey, don't say that. Like this is what's actually yeah. true. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, you're helping me actually mourn or ask or think about the right things. And it's like, that's true even in the midst of community. When it's just to mourn with those who mourn, it's not like, so that we can all have like a sad fest. That's not what's happening. When it's just to rejoice with those who rejoice, it's not like, so everybody can be happy because that's it. That's not what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like mourning reminds me that this is not my home. Mourning tells me of a greater future. Mourning, and if my life is awesome, but I see my brother struggling, it's a good reminder of like, Mm -hmm. I might be struggling too. Or like this earth or this blessing is meant to encourage them or whatever. And when you're mourning, you see your sister winning at this moment. It's like, hey, like good is going to come. I know my God. I know who reigns. Mm-hmm. And even if I suffer the rest of my life, I know what I get for all of eternity. It, it won't even light a match. It won't even, these light momentary afflictions, mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 4, are unable to be compared with the eternal weight of glory. Like, okay, so even if I suffer forever, it's actually light compared to the weight that is coming. It's actually momentary compared to the eternality mm-hmm. of the kingdom. It's actually just a small affliction compared to the glory that I will receive. And so it's like, gosh, like I think that even the communal aspect is really helpful because mm-hmm. you don't have to do this by yourself. Yeah. Because I struggle with a certain type of lament and because you're better at it, I can actually learn from you about how to do that well Mm. because you struggle with a different type of lament that I am better at. You Mm -hmm. can actually learn from me how to do that well. That happened in our marriage. Natalie's not good at the same thing that you struggle with in terms of like confession, personal sin. But just the fact that I did it so readily and so often, she is better than I am at it now. Mm. She is quicker to confess, to lament her wrong, to Mm -hmm. to mourn that, to ask for forgiveness, to choose to trust even the relationship— Like we learn to lament with one another even. So this isn't just then practiced vertically. You can actually start to apply it horizontally. Mm -hmm. So then it comes into the gatherings and it comes into, and a lot of our gatherings are focused on the turning and the trusting piece kind of intentionally because it's like, yo, like like we need to remember the victory that is ours in Christ for sure. I do think the church can even, even our church personally can do a better job at the middle two at times of Mm -hmm. like, hey, how do we actually make right complaints and make right asks? But we can even do that in our community groups, things like that. So that's what I think I want to like have us think about is like, how can we help each other Mm -hmm. walk in this together? Part of the reasons that Job's friends were not good friends and why we're not being a good friend to Job is because we're sitting here trying to figure out his suffering. Elihu, the actual fourth friend that came in Mm -hmm. before God came, 
he was like, I don't really know what's going on, but I do know God is good. Mm-hmm. And he was like called the righteous friend. And so it's like, okay, like we can help each other in that then. He wasn't overlooking Job's suffering. It wasn't like, you're complaining is bad. He was like, hey, I feel like you're not mm-hmm. turning here to remember like actually who yeah. God is in your life. And that's where it's like, Trust. no, that was true. Yeah. He was trying to help Job get out of this stuck season. Sometimes you need to help me get into mm-hmm. complaint and into. So it's not that we always got to move people this direction. It's like sometimes yeah. you have to help me so that I can receive. So as I think about like the, the, the that this kind of holistically, that's mm-hmm. what I think about and how I would encourage us to apply yeah. some of this. Yeah, I think there's, you bring up a really good point about personal and like corporate lament. I think both are commanded mm. in scripture. There is a hole within us that no human being can fill. You can't just go to your friends, mm. but you can't also just go to the Lord mm. because I think we miss out because there's an opportunity to receive the prayer of the saints. Like think about times in your life where you have been struggling and someone speaks the truth of the Lord yeah. in a way that if you had said the same thing, it would not have stirred your soul. Straight up. Because the prayer of the saints has power and importance and knowing mm. that they are in a place where this is mm. true spurs one another on to trust more, to grow in faith. And so if we leave that out, like we're hurting people. There's a great, another great quote from the same book. <laughs> so good, please read it. Um, it says, without lament, we won't know how to help people walking through sorrow and instead we'll offer trite solutions, unhelpful comments, or impatient responses. Mm. We lament together. It's important for us to know. It's important for us to be a part of. I think, you know, celebration isn't the only song that we should sing. Yeah. We do, we're, as as a Christian church, I think we do a bad job of having lament in our gatherings. Mm. And so I hope that we can challenge ourselves to, what does it look like to have a prayer of lament Mm. on a Sunday morning? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to pull someone aside when we're taking communion and have a moment to lament but to take Christ's blood and body and say, but mm. I know that you have given all that I need because you are all that we need. Mm. Help me to believe that that's true. To go see the prayer team, to lament with the prayer team. Can we go to them? Can mm. we enter into prayer together to challenge ourselves? Can we read scripture? Can we trust in the promises of God? Mm. We have to be a people that practice lament personally and corporately so that it's done effectively. Mm. So I love that. Yeah. I have no more thoughts. I mean, there's so many more I know. thoughts. I, I, did, I, I say I have no more. I have like six more pages of notes. Yeah. But I'm going to... I did say that I would off. finish my song. I would love that. That last time. So if you... Because on the Yeah. Really on, the last, on the last episode, I mentioned that even just... And this is again, like you talked about that revelation moment that you got from the Lord of like receiving something that you felt, you know. Mm-hmm. I think this song in, in so many ways was that for me in the in those moments. But I wrote a song in dealing with my mother's grief as a quick and short recap. Um, of just this moment where I recognized that I was, I wanted her more than I wanted him. Mm. And I knew who God was and I knew his voice and I knew him, but I didn't really want him. And mm. I was confessing that mm. and dealing with that and trying to get to trust. And so we can often use the words of scripture and I think God gives us also our own songs. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave y'all in a cliffhanger. So I will... <laughs> I'll just read it. And yeah. maybe that's the way we end. Yeah. Well said. We'll see. So here it is. It's called The Sea. Um, it says, I've heard your voice and I can't deny that you listen, you hear my cry, but I've got nothing left to say and I would rather listen to the waves. I've held your hand enough to know that you never, never, never leave me alone. 
but I turn my back to choose the sea, letting go of the man that saves me. I step deeper and deeper into the ocean, choosing pain and not knowing how to let go. Why does happiness end in tears? And how could this love lead me to despair? I've got to let the waves crash over me. Let it take away the sand beneath my feet. Why do I like drowning? Can I stop and not lose the meaning? For so many years, I've loved the sea, listening to its song and treasuring the melody. But I've learned from her all that I can. And you call me from her arms, begging me to walk again. Mm. Help me walk closer and closer to your truth, choosing faith, learning how to let go. Let this happiness end in tears. Your love will not lead me to despair. I've got to let the waves crash over me. Let it take the wi- let it take away the sand beneath my feet. Father, forgive me. Pull me close. In you, I find all meaning. Mm. I hope for our people that every sorrow and every lament and every tear that you shed leads you to see that in Christ alone and in our God that we find meaning, we find closeness, mm. and we find healing. Mm through our suffering. Mm. Thank you for offering that to us, friend. Yeah, I hope that it is well received. Yeah, that was well said. (laughs) Yeah, love you. I appreciate you. Love y'all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com slash podcast.